We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, welcome back. Welcome back to Robbie Hummel. Uh, the Goodman and Hummel uh, podcast is back after a long hiatus. I thought it would be longer. I thought you'd be in Tokyo right now, Rob, but um, you are not, and instead you're getting absolutely crucified on Twitter. Um, welcome to the club. Welcome to the, the, the getting pummeled on Twitter club because uh, I know you're a season vet of that club, so I know you've got that, uh, that down pat. I, I really do, but it, it's been – it has not been the greatest month for you, Rob. No, it has not. Um, you okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's it's hard. You know, I have not watched any Olympics, and I love the Olympics, which is yeah. sad for me. You know, I love watching all the sports. I went to the Olympics in '96. My parents took us, um, but I have not watched one minute of of the Olympic Games this year. Um, you know, I I really didn't think about what Twitter would be like until like a, a couple weeks after we didn't qualify. I was like, man, if the games get shown, this is going to get not good. And that was accurate. It has not been, been good. It's been very hard actually. You know, you just, you can't get away from it. I should just mute people, but, um, you know, yes, you should. Yeah. Um, I responded to some random guy there and then and that's, I've never been somebody that would do that stuff, but I mean, he just made it so personal. <laughs> so, um, Again, welcome to the world of Twitter because yeah, yeah, and it, is, think, it get a, it gets so ugly. No, it does. And the frustrating thing is, is even like I think people that cover the sport or just basketball in general have been like, well, why did we send this group of guys? And like, what you fail to understand is this group of guys that you know, outside of one that was supposed to go, are the best players in the three on three world. You know, we won the world championship in 2019. We um, beat everybody handle it we had one close game uh, or two close games so uh, but it was a different team correct it was it was a different group than what we saw out there different group yeah so Canterbury uh, got hurt a day before we went um so we had to replace him we did that with Joey King and played in Minnesota and that's not any, I mean he doesn't know any of the plays like we haven't practiced together totally different player totally different player than Canyon um Canyon was was a tough guy to replace because in the USA pool of players, you have to take someone from your top 10 um, when you replace a guy because you can't just go out and grab whoever. Like, you got to grab somebody from your <laughs> that's in the pool. Um, and Canyon's a six foot seven, six foot eight, super athlete, uh, much like his brothers. 
um, that has a super high basketball IQ and uh, is an elite defender. And you could tell that we really missed him in that regard. Um, and then we added Damo Jones and uh, Damon Huffman, who was on the World Cup team, did not uh, make the team. So it was a different group um, than 2019. And certainly, like, you know, years pass and teams change. But, um, you know, it's frustrating for me that when you look back at it, the team that uh, won did not get the opportunity to continue to win. So. Well, well, well let, let's let's move forward to you getting absolutely abused by a forty-year-old in the post in the TBT. You know what? Go to the box score. Go to the box <laughs> score. Now, I will say this: this guy's name is Jeff Gibbs. He played at Otterbein. Still is playing professional basketball. He's six-one. His wingspan has got to be like seven foot. Because I don't know how I wasn't able to block this dude's shot. He has to weigh two hundred and seventy pounds. He's got the biggest chest. Of any person I've ever seen in pro basketball. And, uh, yeah, they were, they were isoing him on me early and often last <laughs> night. The point where I was like, I've got to front this guy. I am getting exposed on the block. But then I thought he had like 30 points. I swear to God, I did. I was talking to Ryan Smith after the game, who's our coach. I was like, dude, I'm sorry. I, I just couldn't guard that guy. I, I, and he was like, dude, he had 11 points. It felt like 40. I had 17. So again, to my Twitter haters, you know what? Box score. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be the saying the same thing when you and I go at it. I, I couldn't guard him. I'm I'm going to put on a few more pounds, and I'm going to be Jeff Gibbs. Let me tell you this: I could blow my knee out, both <laughs> knees, and still kick your ass. I promise. Uh, we, let's hope we don't we don't find <laughs> that out. We don't need we don't need any more knee injuries. Okay, we need you being able to, you know. Produce for the field of 68 this year, okay? so <laughs> I, I could do that from my chair here. So uh, whether I get hurt or not, I'm good to go. No more injuries. I, I, I've actually – I'm getting over uh, an injury of my own. I had a bone bruise that you legitimately – You get hurt at the Peach Jam? No, I, I got hurt before that. I did. Listen, I, I got plenty of injury stories lately. Oh, One was about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, I dove for a ball playing softball, and I swear to God, Bone bruise, the thing blew up twice the size and went all the way, like from like my hamstring all the way down through my toes. And it Wait, took like bone bruise to your knee or where? It was, you name it, it was on my whole leg. You had a ginormous bone bruise. All ginormous. All <laughs> like never before. So, okay, finally, I'm, I'm feeling better. And I go to the Peach Jam and I'm walking out the other night. This is a great story. I'm walking out the other night. I feel something bite me and I'm like, fuck, like what? I mean, it, it stung. Now I'm allergic to bees. Okay. I'm allergic to bees. Like you, 20 you years have, ago. You think that I'm soft and you, I, I know I shouldn't tell this story. I shouldn't tell this story, but I'm gonna. So like 20 years ago, I got, I got stung by a bee and nobody was home. I was on my way back in like a Jeep or something got stung in my back. So I'm, I'm itchy as hell. I'm like on the bed, like, like rubbing my back against the bed. It's that itchy. So my wife is like, go, go to the hospital. Just go to the hospital. So I walk in and literally I walk in and they grab me. And I guess my eyes were like closed shut, completely swollen shut. And from then on, I need an EpiPen. Anyway, so fast forward, I get bitten and I'm like, oh shit. Like anytime I get bitten, I forgot the EpiPen. 
That's a responsible thing to do. I know it wasn't very small. <laughs> Usually I have them, but they're, they're expensive and you got to get them every year. It's just one of those. And I don't really travel with it. Yeah, like I'll throw I mean, it in a bag. Why, why have that expense when you could just die? You know? yeah, that's right. So I get bitten and uh, I'm with Doster. I'm with Doster. We're walking out of the peach camp and I'm like trying to remain kind of cool, but like, I'm worried. Like I could be dead in 15 minutes. I mean, legitimately could be dead in 15 minutes. So Doster could care less. Like legitimately doesn't, not worried one bit. Could you explain like, I think, the severity of your allergy? I think he just thinks that like, you know, if I die, he gets more of field of 68. So no big deal. You know, he, it's a win-win for him. So we go and I get uh, Benadryl. I get Benadryl, just, just you know, get some Benadryl. Uh, he doesn't even come in with me. He's just waiting outside of the car. So, I, again, I could have died inside the, the grocery store. No big deal. I come back out. I'm like, you know, and we were going to meet uh, Terrence Oglesby um, for dinner at this place right around the corner. So I dropped Oster off, and I'm going to go to the University Medical Center. So I drop him off. I go to the University Medical Center, and uh, the place is jammed. It looks like a COVID unit when I walk in. And I'm like, oh, shit. And I check in and she's like, yeah, they'll call you in about 15 minutes. And I'm like, no, no, I could be dead in 50. Like, I still don't know. It's been about 20 minutes overall now. I'm like, no, no, somebody's got to make sure that it's not a beast thing where I'm going to die. And the thing is burning like hell. It is like, like where, burning um, out of control. Where at? Where'd you get stuck? It's on the side. Like if I showed you right now how red this thing is. Still? No, no. It, insanely red insanely red anyway so i go in guy comes over and i'm like dude like can i get seen at least to see maybe the stinger's still in there whatever you got to do so he's like give me a credit card i'm like oh, okay he takes the credit card and he starts scraping and he's like maybe the stinger will come out well it didn't come out but you can and see then, it. You huh you could see, see the stinger. no couldn't he, he couldn't even see it it was red as hell burning like hell and then, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, they'll, they'll call you in a few minutes. Well, 15 minutes go by, 25 minutes go by. Everywhere you look, there's people, like, who look like, again, they're, they're, they're dealing with, like, a COVID mass unit at this point in Augusta, right, downtown Augusta. And uh, finally, I go up to the desk, and I'm like, you know, have, have they called me? Did I miss it? No, they're going to call you soon. So they call me. I walk in. So the triage, and uh, she takes my, you know, first my weight, which, damn, obviously, I, I, I drank, I ate, I don't, I don't know what I did down there in Augusta. Good week in peace, Jim. Bad week, bad week. Two twenty-five. I weigh more than you now, homie. Guard Jeff Gibbs, perhaps with that. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm halfway there. I'm halfway there to getting to Gibbs' his weight. I think. So, so we go in, and I'm like. And I heard people talking in, in the in the main room about like they're waiting five, seven hours. Oh wow. So I'm like, can you see if you can just find the damn stinger and take that out at least? She's like, no, I can't do that. I'm like, well, what what the hell? She's like, you're gonna have to go back out and they'll call you. I'm like, I, I went back up front. I'm like, I'm out. Like, don't charge me for this visit. I didn't, all she did was take my weight. I'm fat. I know I'm fat. Like, mm-hmm. that's all I learned here is that I'm fat and I gained pounds in Augusta. So let me get out. So I get out and uh, call Doster, and I'm like, I'm going back to the room. 
And like, yeah, like saw him the next morning, you know, like again, could have died in my sleep. Did he check on you? No, nothing. Zero. Wow. Zero. Man, Dowser. Not the guy you want in an emergency, apparently. That's what it shows. That's <laughs> what it shows. Rob Doster, not the guy you want if you need Man. somebody. So, anyway. Well, so I'm glad I'm, you're here. I'm glad you uh, survived the peach jam. I survived the peach jam, and I, I have a huge, huge. Was it, a, was it a B, or do you know? We don't even know. Oh, okay. I don't know. No idea. But I, I have a bunch of medication that I'm supposed to take in case. Just in case. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, all right. Let's get to it. After our, our, our woeful stories of how we both have failed miserably over the past month. Been some struggles. There have been some struggles. Let, let's, let's talk about somebody else who's struggling. Greg Popovich in the Olympic team. Let's yeah. start there. And, uh, who, who do you put the blame on? Do you put it more on Pop or do you put it on Kevin Durant and Damian Lillard and some of these other guys that, that are producing? I mean, I think it's shared all the way around. You know, the players have to play and, and certainly the coaches have to, to coach the guys, but also, you know, you, you gotta pick a team in a way where you can build a team. Yeah. And look, like if we had the top five or if, if we did the top 12 guys in the NBA that are from the United States and you have them play Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Steph Curry, this isn't a conversation right. because the gap is still pretty wide. But when you start taking, you know, like the, the World Cup in 2019 for 5-on-5, that was what? the Like the D team of probably NBA players? Like, not that they're bad, but when you compare them to who the top 12 is going to be, yeah, it's, it's totally different. Like, JaVel McGee is on our Olympic team. Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson. And, and again, not bad players. JaVel McGee has made himself a really good NBA player. He's had yep. a terrific career. When you look at where he has come from, and, yeah. and now he's what a three-time NBA champ, and has now made a national team. That that is an incredible career. Um, but when you look at national teams of the past, it is Hall of Famers, every spot, Hall of Famer, top to bottom. So you know the talent isn't the same as what we're probably used to. But I think also you're now seeing that since the Dream Team in '92, these countries have heavily invested in basketball. And they have done a really good job of not only developing players, but developing chemistry and camaraderie. And these guys have grown up playing together. You Isn't know? there a pride, Rob? Don't you think there's more of a pride? You played in some of these countries. Not that we don't have pride. Not that, again, Kevin Durant doesn't have pride for his country. He does. Right. But isn't it a different level with, with some of these other guys? Yeah, it, it probably is. Um, and I think also, you know, some of those guys might take the national team stuff not more seriously, but yeah, I guess. Well, Lucas said it. Didn't Lucas say he'd rather win a gold medal than an NBA title? Wow. Well, I mean, yeah. And that, that probably isn't the case for all of our guys. Um, how about for any of our guys? I, I just think that it's become such a foregone conclusion in most years that the U.S. is just going to win. Yeah. To where it's like, yeah, of course we'll win the gold medal. Whereas these other countries, look at Spain. Like they go through their golden era, and it's kind of on the back end now. The Gasols are old. Ricky Rubio's getting up there. Like, Rudy Fernandez is kind of on his way out. And you look at all these really good Spanish players. Those guys wanted it so bad. So bad. I mean, it would have been, like, legacy-defining yep. for them. But you look at, like, for LeBron and those guys, the Redeem team was certainly a big deal. And you could tell it's like, hey – we need to get ourselves back to what we are. But 
did it mean as much to LeBron to win that gold as it would have to some of those Spanish guys? Probably not. I mean, LeBron has a, he's accomplished everything. He's already won a gold. You know, it's just like, probably not. We don't know. I mean, you wouldn't know unless you ask him, I guess, but it's the world is getting better and we're not sending our best group. And well, how about, but how about not only not sending our best group, but, but again, you've got a bunch of dudes that are all scorers that can't all be scorers. They're all, they're all used to being the guy. And now you're, you're, t- you're asking Damian Lillard to be something he's not and never been like yeah. ever been. No, I mean, building a team is a huge part of it. But like when you look at like the redeem team and you hear the stories about Kobe Bryant showing up to camp in Vegas, like three days early and going to Krzyzewski and being like, I'm not going to shoot in camp. I am only worried about defending. And that's an extreme example. Cause he was like, dude, you need to shoot too. Cause like you're, you know, Kobe, one of the seven greatest players of all time. Um, but he was willing to do that and he was able to do that too. Whereas it's, you know, Damon Lillard might be willing to, but is he as effective? Right. Like that, that's a big part of it. Like when you try to be something you're not, sometimes you're like, dude, I'm just not good at this. And that's not his fault. But you've got to be able to build a team and put together a group that can go out there and get the job done because we we still should be should be winning, you know, these games and playing at a high level. And right now we're just not. But I, I think it's a little bit on everybody. I think I think the US has to kind of reevaluate how we do this because the world has has definitely caught up. I'm just glad Pop isn't on Twitter because Pop on Twitter would go back harder than you went back at that dude who was ripping on you. <laughs> yes, he would. Right? Mine, mine was weak. Pop would not hold back. There's Pop no would way. not stand for the Twitter slander. And uh, listen, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I, I still think they can end up winning gold, oh, yeah. but they this got a long way to go. Like, but we, I do think we need to, to refigure and revamp how we're doing this. There is no doubt about that. Well, because even like Drew Holiday, I think he's actually a perfect guy for this group, yeah. right? But he, he just got there. He just flew in from Milwaukee. Right. He's like, tired. That's not fair. Right. right. But he played great the other night, you know, against, against France. He was good. All right. Let's get to the NBA draft Thursday. Uh, it's finally here. I feel like the NBA draft gets no juice because you got a week. Like you got a week after the NBA finals. Finals, game. Olympics, draft. Finals Olympics, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. Right? Like, Every day, Aaron Rodgers is something. Hey, he's but, dominating the news cycle. It's it's impressive. It's amazing. And it's like it's the tidal wave of emotions. Right. I'm like, right. hey, I'm retiring. So, no, I think I'm, I'm good for one more year. <laughs> impressive. So, all right. Let, let's start with, with the easy one. Is there anybody – Is there, can you give me any case for for Detroit taking anybody other than Kate Cunningham? No. You can't. I, I don't think so. I just think that with their team, first of all, this is the first time they've had the number one pick since 1970. It's crazy. Pretty wild since they haven't been that good for a lot of, you know, they, they certainly had their runs with the bad boys and then the Chauncey and Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace teams. But, um, yeah, that's, that's wild. They, they have to figure out what they want to do with Jeremy Grant. You know, do you, do you want to keep him? Do you want to move him for younger players? You, know, you, you draft Killian Hayes last year, seventh. He plays 26 games. Yep. When he was banged up. Sadiq Bay had a good year. He did. He averaged 12 a game. He shot yep. 38% from three. So you've got some some young guys where you're like, can we move Jeremy Grant for, you know, pieces and for more of a young core? And that might be yes. 
But I just think that with Kate Cunningham, you're getting a guy that can not only score, he's a great passer, he can play pick and roll. Yep. I just think when you look at the draft and, and the other maybe tier one prospects, whether it's Jalen Green, it was Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, you know, whoever, I just think Cade Cunningham at the end of the day, you look at all the boxes he checks, it just makes so much sense for Detroit to draft him. My biggest comparison with him is Luka. Yeah. And I know some people probably think I'm crazy, but the size is there. The ability to make people better is there. Can They're not great it. shooters. The question would be, can he get Luka Doncic's footwork? Because right. that allows him yep. to do things where yep. he's not athletically ultra gifted. That's right. But he can, he can do things that not a lot of guys can do because he puts on a master class in terms you of – You know what Cade's better than Luke at? What? On the defensive end. Yeah, no doubt. That's where he's better. That's where he's better. But you're right. Luke is just so, so gifted in terms of using angles and, and using his footwork to be able to create space. And, I mean, he's unbelievable at it. But I think Cade, again, I think Cade – it's clearly the number one pick. And then, then to me, the draft kind of gets interesting for Houston. You know, sure. if you're Houston, again, any of those top like four spots, you take the best player available. You well, don't really worry. Their, their roster is so, in such shambles. So right. Just, right. Just, just take, take the, and I'm going to probably go against what I just said with Cleveland, but what I am saying, like Houston, I know you have John Wall. It wouldn't John matter Wall, to me if you want John Wall ninety million dollars over the next two years. It's insane. It's insane. So, like, if you believe Jalen Suggs is the best player on the board, you take him. I don't yeah. care if you have John Wall. You don't. You play them two together, which you can do at this point. If you feel like he is the best guy, do you feel like he's the best guy, or if you're Houston, are you going in a different direction? I, I went Jalen Green just yeah. because I think the upside is is the highest. He had a really good year in the G League. You know, really? and you, you talked about John Wall, Eric Gordon's there for three more years. Does not matter. Yep. That that is that's irrelevant. But Jalen Green's an elite athlete. He shot it well. He can score it at all three levels. You know, he shot forty six from the field, thirty six from three. You have to like the fact that his shooting has got better. It seems like every time you've seen him, if you've seen him kind of spread out, whether that's from high school to now yep. a year in the G League. He seems like a mature kid. He's played against high-level competition. You know, he's played against pros. So, to me, you know, I really like Jalen Suggs. I think he's a winner. But, to me, Jalen Green makes the most sense, I think, for Houston at two. Yeah, I think he's got the highest upside. Totally. You know, and, and that's where you probably say, hey, if we can get a wing that's 6'5", that's super athletic, that shot a 37 from three, well – can he be a guy that you just put the ball in his hands and eventually he can be a, a, a bigger Donovan Mitchell type, right? Perfect. And just make plays. He's yeah. not a point guard. He's never going to be, but Donovan Mitchell's not a point guard, right? You know, but you give him the ball and he's so athletic and again, so difficult to guard and stay in front of, you know, I, I didn't expect Jalen Green to do what he did in the bubble. Uh, but again, he was terrific. I'm with you. I, I go Jalen Green there. But man, I would think hard about going Jalen Suggs, even though they have John Wall and 91 million uh, still owed to him. That I mean, two it's years insane. Insane. Let me tell you guys a little bit of our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart? 
They require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. When you win at Bet Rivers Sportsbook, they pay fast. And now it's even faster with rush pay, instant approval for withdrawals. It's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. Go to betrivers.com today or download the app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Quick break from Jeff and Rob to tell you today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. And I can tell you, as a small business owner, we are slammed. People going back to the office, people getting married again, they need dress clothes, and we are absolutely slammed to the point where we are actually running out of stuff. So if you have weddings, this is just a quick aside, if you have weddings and need to plan for things, shop ahead of time. Us small business owners are focused on managing and growing our business. We can't always spend the time we wish we could on recruiting. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to find and hire the best candidates for free. Look, we are getting somewhat back to normal here in terms of we can afford to hire some new people. When we finally can do so, uh, you best believe I'll be using LinkedIn Jobs to hire the perfect candidate for myself. They have a network of over 740 million professionals. It's a big talent pool to pick from. And I want to be able to sift people out so I can have screening questions that I can put in front of my candidates and I can find, find the most qualified one with the experience, skills, and motivation that I need who has filled out my targeted question the best. Then I can filter and prioritize the top candidates that I would like to interview for you know future growth of my business. LinkedIn Jobs help you hire the right person for your role. As you know, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Well, that's unbelievable, 40 million. Yeah, that's a lot of talent pool there. Post your first job for free at LinkedIn.com slash good. That's LinkedIn.com slash good to post your first job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Then you get to Cleveland. Kobe Altman. Um Cleveland's got, you know, a, a decision here. To me, this is clearly a top four draft. I think there's a big gap after four. A lot of people disagree with me. I've heard people calling it like a five or a six man draft. I think it's a clear four. And that's where I think Cleveland and Toronto made out here, getting in that top four and neither could go wrong. Now Cleveland has Colin Sexton. They have Darius Garland. It's a small, small backcourt. If you draft Jalen Suggs, who I think is a better – like, I would rather have Jalen Suggs than Evan Mobley, Rob. But I just don't think – I think then you have to make a move. You're forced you to have to trade. You have to trade him then. And I, I just don't think his value is high enough. Right. That you're going to be able to get enough for him. You you think he's worth more than everybody else does. So I would take Evan Mobley. Right. Again, going against what I said earlier, mm-hmm. which is don't draft for position – I think it's close enough here that I would go Evan Mobley. Yeah, and, and it's definitely not a perfect fit. You mentioned the guards, but think about if you take Mobley, the log jam of bigs you have. Yeah. Because now you've got Kevin Love, yep. Jared Allen, who's got a qualifying offer out to him, and you have Larry Nance. Right. So, like, yep. you've got a lot of bigs. But with that being said, I saw Evan Mobley at the NCAA tournament. And that dude has some abilities and some skills that, man, like he he is gifted, he's talented, he's long. He he can do a lot of things. And the question for Evan Mobley, and you have talked about this, I think you've actually he might have said this to you, did. is how much does he like basketball? Yeah. And that's terrifying. Because when big guys don't like basketball yeah. <laughs> Well what be, he said to me was when not, he not, was not like it, but just like I don't No, love, he said 
he flat out said, he was like, when I was young, I didn't love basketball. Mm-hmm. Now, again, can you grow to love basketball? Sure. Sure. You can. It's, I think it's rare. I think usually either you love you it. Better or- <laughs> you, you better have it. You better have. It's just not don't like think. my daughter. My daughter didn't love sports until three years ago. Now she does love it. The switch got flipped. Yeah. Right. I, I do think that bigs, bigs that don't. Yeah. Like to play or love to play can be really terrifying. But I do think that Evan Mobley has got a lot of ability. Defensively, he can be just an absolute monster. You can yeah. switch pick and roll. He can protect the rim. So I, I went Evan Mobley too, but I really went back and forth. And I thought the same thing that you did, where it's like if you're going to draft Jalen Suggs, then you're going to have to get rid of, of Colin Sexton. Because I don't feel like they're doing that with Darius Garland. I mean, they're, they're still uh, – Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, if you're Cleveland – you're going to try to increase their trade value as much as you can and and almost get phony numbers with these guys, right? Like that's what you do with a lot of young players on these crappy teams is somebody's got to get numbers. It's true. Somebody's got to score. Correct. <laughs> Even when you're losing by 30, yeah. somebody's going to get points. Somebody's going to get rebounds. Somebody's going to get assists. So, you know, to me, you've got to somehow get, and I don't think Garland or Sexton have done enough right. to, to be able to land – now, now, what I would do, and I don't know if 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 I'm Toronto, if, if if I'm Kobe Altman, I'm putting out signs, you know, that that I'm drafting Mobley and Sucks. I want Toronto to to feel like they have to move up because they want to get their guy, right? Whether it's Suggs or Mobley, maybe if you're Cleveland, you can drop down one and say, you know what, we'll flip with you, right? So you can get your guy. We don't care. Yeah, right. Either way. Either. We don't well, care. I would say, you know, certainly for Toronto right now, that's the position they're in. If, right. if Cleveland's going to draft Evan Mobley, then it's, it has yeah. to be Jalen Suggs. And yeah. honestly, Suggs, to me, fits really well in Toronto at four because you're yes. losing Kyle Lowry. You have Fred, Fred Van, Van Vliet. Yes. Well, good job. Um, but you need that point guard of the future. Yeah. And when you look at, at what Jalen Suggs was able to accomplish in one year, didn't shoot the ball great. Did have some turnover issues as a freshman, but man, that dude, he wins. He makes huge plays. The shot at the final four is, is enough to be said with that. And his measurables are great. I mean, he is an elite athlete at, at six, four, that dude can move. So I, I think, you know, it, it's like you said, whoever falls at them at four, great. Yeah. Listen, I, I think you can make a, a clear case that Jalen Suggs could or should be the number two pick. And nobody would argue with that. Nobody. He's that talented. I think he has a potential to be a top five point guard in the NBA at some point in his career. I think he's that talented. Again, he's got to get his shot better. And he's got to take care of the ball. But some of the things that he sees. Totally. And you're going to get that, though, with elite passers. They're going to turn it over because they're taking chances. and like John Moran. Right. Same thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. All right. So then we said at two, it gets interesting. I think at five, it gets even more interesting because to me, I don't think anybody has any clue what to do there. I'm not as big a Jonathan Kaminga fan as, as many are. And I've said this since day one that I felt like there were four guys and then a big gap. And I would not take Kaminga if I'm the Orlando Magic and Jeff Weldon. I, I wouldn't. I, I think. You know, to me, if I'm going a guy who's defensive minded, which I don't want to go from Orlando. I don't. I don't want to. I, 
I think they need offense. I, I think, first of all, they need to get the guy. See, I might go book night. Personally, I know it's a reach. I'd probably try to move down if I could. Yeah. But ultimately, if I'm Orlando, you know, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, even Davion Mitchell, like they're all defensive-minded dudes that aren't great, great offensive players. James Booknight, to me, has the, the chance to be, you know, a, a 16, 18-point-a-game guy. Those, guys, those three guys we mentioned, or I mentioned, do not. Yeah, this is tough. And, and you look at Orlando, they're in the best position to trade up, but you don't feel like anybody's going to want to trade down, like, to their yeah. picks. No. Like, you have, what, five and eight for them? I, I agree with Kaminga. I think he's really raw. He's an elite athlete. But I went between Booknight and Scotty Barnes, and I, I went Barnes. Yeah. Just because of the Florida deal, because he's got good size and he can facilitate. Not a great shooter. He's a and it's fine player. because at eight – at eight, you could be saying to yourself, hey, you know what? Book night's still going to be there for right. us. You totally could. You totally could. So I, I went with Barnes. He's a really, really good defender. Great uh, defender. He, he can guard almost every position except for probably the five. If they're small, he could do that too. Um, if you get Jonathan Isaac back from injury, you have to think that's a pretty formidable defensive lineup right there. But you're right. They need to get guys that can make shots. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I mean, you know, same thing with Oklahoma City a little bit, right? Who's who's at six? You know, you're talking Shea Gilgis Alexander, Lou Dort, not a great offensive player. Like and he's got a roster better. turnover, like roster chaos. With you assume right. Kemba Walker's getting traded. Yeah, they, I mean, they're going to try to trade Kemba at some point, but I don't think you're going to be able to trade him with that contract right away. Baisley's decent, yep. you know. So, like for, for me, if I'm Oklahoma City. I'm also looking at a guy who could score, a guy who could shoot it. Wait, you you went book night Orlando, and I went Barnes. So book night's off the table for OKC for you. Yeah, I don't know what you do. I mean, honestly, I don't know what you do here. I, I try to trade if I'm Presty. And again, like, I know he's got a million draft picks. Why not get more? I mean, Sam Presty probably sure. sleeps with, with, with posters of all his draft picks. The lottery ball is right next to his bed. Yeah, I mean, like, like, what are we doing here? So Sam Presti likes my my mock draft here a lot better than yours because he can still take book night. A hundred percent. Oh, I think he's thrilled. Yeah, he's that's, thrilled that's, that's if he's got. You pair him with Shea Gilgis Alexander. He's yeah. got great size. Did you see his workout at the combine? It's become like this mythical. No, no. They, the word is that. James Booknight had this mythical shooting performance at the combine. Really? It's like driven his stock. I love Booknight. I love him. I can't believe you haven't heard about this. No, no, I haven't heard. As anybody. Yeah, I have not heard about it. I have not at all. You've been at the Peace Jam getting bee stings too much. Pretty much the problem. I'm out of it right now. Completely out of it between, you know. um, Who Who you got Golden State at seven? So Golden State at seven. Uh, I have, I have Davion Mitchell. Really? I mean, I guess they're trying to win now. So I mean, you could give me. I, I think Scotty Barnes is still on the board for me, so I'll take Scotty Barnes. I guess. All right, I, I'll take Scotty, but Scotty's like Draymond two point oh. Yeah, he is. I went. So Moses, I, I went Moses Moody, which I don't I like know. that one. Just because he can score within the flow of an offense. I think he's a smart kid. I think he, he plays like yep. with the highest 
understanding of what's going on. He'll pass. He's not going to need to to necessarily feel like he's got to create all the time. And I don't think he wants to. But he shot it, you know, 36% from three last year. If you're trying to win now, I think the Warriors are obviously trying to shop the pick. I think if they can, they'll they'll trade their picks and get veterans in there. But if you can't, Moody Moody can do this and he can guard. Right, right. So I think Moody great for. I think he's no, a good I, pick. For I love that pick. I, the crazy thing is Kaminga is still on the board, and it's just he's the guy that's that's fallen. Yeah, Kaminga for me. If I'm taking Book Night at five for Orlando, I'm taking Kaminga at eight. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with Kaminga at eight for Orlando. To me, I take my score at five and wait and get one of Barnes or Kaminga or Davion Mitchell. That's interesting. So I went at eight, Franz Wagner. And we talked about how they need guys that can score. Yeah. I think he can shoot it better than he has. I really believe that. Everything that we heard coming out of Ann Arbor was that, man, he's shooting the ball great. He's shooting the ball great. Freshman year breaks his hand. All right, so that's out the window. Last year, he improved a little bit, but, I mean, 34% still is not great. But I just think that he still can shoot the ball better. He's a big-time defender. He's got great size. So I I thought Franz Wagner made a lot of sense. But I'm also banking on the fact that I really think he's going to eventually make shots. Yeah. And who knows if he will. I like uh, nine, Sacramento. I would go Moses Moody there. I think, again – I don't know how long Buddy Heald is is built for Sacramento. You keep hearing the trade rumors. Right. Uh, they need shooters around De'Aaron Fox. Hal Burton come in. He, obviously, he can shoot it. But Moody's a guy who can guard and really, really um, space a court. So, I like him at nine. My last two picks, you might Go. clown. <laughs> I might be reaching hard here. I Go. want Kai Jones. I like Kai Jones. I, I think he is has so much upside. Yep. You can play him at the four of the five. He can really handle it, and then he can just anchor your defense. Yeah. I, I think yep. the way he plays, he plays with the motor. I, I really liked Kai Jones this year. I honestly really liked Texas this year, and then they, you know, <laughs> lost to Ethelene Christian. Uh, but I, I went Kai Jones at nine for Sacramento. Yeah, and I would probably go Kai Jones at 10 for New Orleans because. Wait, but isn't that Memphis now? Uh, did they trade? Because Valachunas is going to – Oh, right, 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 right. That, that was today. Yeah, yeah. So, Memphis, I'll still go uh, Kai Jones at 10. I'll <laughs> still go Kai Jones. I, I just think is, his potential is – No, I, I agree. So high. 6'11", can shoot it. He's he's the perfect kind of face-up four-man that everybody wants right now and, and yeah. scratching the surface of what he can become. Yep, I, I'd be okay with that. This You might hate this pick, too. I went Corey Kispert at 10. Just because I just think from a needs perspective, you keep giving John Morant space to play. And yeah. if Kispert's the best shooter in the draft, you know, Memphis shot, they were 20th in the NBA and three point shooting 35%. So, you know, Kispert shot 44. You just give him guys that can make shots. And, and that, that may very well be a pick where you're like, dude, you can't take him at 10. Maybe you trade down and get him, but I, I don't know. So that's, I, I just thought that the team need there. Yep. is so strong of what John Morant does well. All right, so who is the guy in the draft, the biggest sleeper, the most undervalued guy that, again, most people don't have going nearly as high as you have them going? Who do you love? I mean, I, love? I guess the the obvious choice for me has got to be Jalen Suggs. I have him going at four, and he could easily be at two. Yeah. But then, like – No, later on. Out, 
if you're like talking later on, yeah, I'll go. I'll go Kai Jones. Okay. I think Kai Jones. Give me one further down. Oh my God. How far you want me to go? I want, I want to go one like further down. Like, like if I said, you know, um, if I want Brandon Boston. <laughs> okay. So something we're like that. I want somebody that, you know, Josh Christopher. All right. Hold on. David Johnson. Let me pull up a list of players here so I can go far enough down the list here for you. Like everybody loves Chris, Chris Duarte now. That's the hot. He, he has become. Yes. Yes. He certainly has become a hot name. Do you want me to go like Luca Garza? Is that far enough down for you? Well, yeah. <laughs> but what do you think Luca Garza is going to be in the league? I mean, if he can make shots, he could be a stretch five. Stretch five. Stretch five. Yeah. All right. Um, you know who everybody likes to? I mean, Bones Highland is moving up. Yeah. From VCU. I'm going to go. You know what? This will be right. deep for you. I'm going to go Joe Wieskamp. I like there, that one. There I like that one. Bias there, but I think he's a good athlete. I think he can make shots. Yep. And I, I think that he's a guy that can fit in in a lot of different places and be productive. And I, I would honestly say he kind of reminds me a little bit of Kevin Herter. I'm and a fan. And he's been very effective. In yeah. No, I'm a fan. Who's the guy you're worried about the most? Who's the guy that, you know, people have going higher that you're just like, eh? This is easy because we didn't take him in the lottery, and it's it's got to be Kaminga. <laughs> I mean, he's gone from, like, a consensus top five pick yeah. to where we didn't even – I mean, that's that's an easy decision for – I'm worried about him. I'm just worried about him. I saw him play I'm, I'm also leery, though, of this question because we were all on the uh, Lamelo. We screwed up last year. And I, hey, for all the Lamelo fans out there, yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, we, we we didn't like him for different reasons. I think <laughs> I was blinded by my my dislike of his father. I yeah, well, I, listen, maybe we maybe it was the same reason because <laughs> you didn't have to you know deal with his father like I did. Okay, sure. I guess I was blinded by his immaturity when I was around him. Yeah, that was my biggest thing. Is I felt like he was never going to guard a a tree. Didn't want to guard, and the shot was broke. And I love the the obviously the court vision and all that, and the passing ability. But I just didn't think he was mature enough to figure it out this quickly. But yeah. I give him credit. Um, the guy that here, here's the guy that I want to get your take on. All right, because I still think he should go higher than people have him projected. Tell me why Io is a guy that some people don't even have going like in the first round. Yeah, I mean, a guy that produced at a high level um, in college. I guess you just wonder, like, everybody's his size in the NBA. So when he's getting downhill on these handoffs and these ball screens, and he's just bullying his way to the rim, because he would do that. He would just play bully ball. Man, try to play bully ball with some of these guards that are tanks. Right. Jeff Gibbs like bodies. <laughs> We're going to have nightmares of Jeff Gibbs. This dude's just still got me on the block just going to town, dude. But, no, everybody is that big, and everybody is strong, and everybody's athletic. And he shot great. it well, though, Rob. He, he The yeah. one area that everybody wanted to see with Io that they were ripping on early was can't shoot it, can't shoot it, can't shoot it. He, thought, he shot like 39% from three last oh, year. I know, I know. So he answered that bell. He did, and certainly answered that question. The NBA draft is amazing to me because it's all about momentum. 
Like guys like Chris Duarte is just riding this wave right now. Yes. Book Knight is riding this wave. Yeah. And for whatever reason, Iowa hasn't got there. You know, you wonder how he's worked out for some of these teams. You also wonder if maybe he had a couple of good workouts and those teams are trying to keep him quiet and he will go at like 12 or 13 or, or wherever. But I think that the, the biggest concern I have with Ayo Desumu is that he's going to see a greater caliber of athlete um, and really just bigger bodies at this level. But he, you're right. He did, he did exactly what they said. Go back to school and shoot the ball better. And he did that. Who are you rooting for the most in this draft? Who's the player that you like the most? I'll give you mine. I'll buy you a few seconds here. Mine is clearly Jared Butler. Yeah. It's not even close. I mean, as good a kid as there is, there were some significant medical concerns where he wasn't cleared until recently by the NBA. And I wasn't sure. And I know, I know all the specifics of this. I'm not going to say him yep. on this pod, but. I wasn't sure he was ever going to be cleared by the yeah. NBA. That's a good and one. I, I'm i going to give you two. Okay. I'm going to go for my first one, Jericho Sims, because I think that his improvement is really amazing to see. Yeah. I mean, those videos of him putting his chin on the oh, rim. He's a freak. He's so athletic, dude. Freak. I just think that he's, he'd be a really good story of somebody who's kind of like flown under the radar, really quiet kid very unassuming and now he's put himself in the position to, to get drafted. And then I, I've always really liked Isaiah Livers game. Yeah. I, I don't know. If he'll, I would assume he'll get drafted in the second round. Um, he's got good size. He can make shots, but I I've always been a fan from afar. So I will go with those two guys. All right. Well, listen, um, we've covered a lot of ground from yeah. uh, these things to the draft. Incredible. Um, don't, don't forget about, uh, you know, you're, you're on the court antics. All right. Let, let's, let's not forget about that. We cannot just gloss over yeah, that. I, I have to give props to Evan Turner last night. He tweeted and I got back to the locker room after this game last yeah. night. He, he tweeted and Evan, Evan was my roommate in Belgrade and we played against each other a ton. So I have, I have a good relationship with him, but he is the biggest trash talker ever. Um, he tweeted when Gibbs was giving me buckets, he goes, at Robbie Hummel, do you even lift weights anymore? <laughs> and then in the third quarter, I had 10 quick points. And he, it must have happened really fast because there was another tweet right after it. Oh, never mind. You're good. <laughs> so I thought that was was funny even in, in defeat in my TBT debut last night. Uh, you know what I'm hoping? Maybe the next podcast we do, maybe we're going to bring on Jeff Gibbs. <laughs> I think we need to do that. You know what? If it's good for the pod, I'm I'm willing. You're to in. You're I'm in. in. All right. right. Well, the next pod will be a full recap of the NBA draft. So we will do that. Um, maybe even later this week, Rob. This might be a this might be a twice a week pod. I don't know if you can handle that. That's You've been a little lazy lately. I I have not been on the pod growing like you have. I, you're back though. You're back, right? You carried the name, image, and likeness stuff though. I mean, that's your reporter. That's your stuff. I, I know, I know. I listen. I got to hold it down for us. You know, we can't let the pod go away. So I gotta, I gotta make sure you make enough money here. Um, you know that 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 you don't have to be in the TBT again. I'm asking for a raise this year from Field of 68. These these conditions I've been working under here are not. <laughs> well, listen, Dawson, my, my boss. My boss is just a, a guy that doesn't care about his employees. Right. He almost left me for dead. I mean, think about this. I could be dead right now, and Rob Doster would have no idea. Right now, stuck in the 
Augusta um, Marriott Courtyard in, on the floor dying right now of, of a bee sting. But I need to reevaluate my options here. There's some good ones out there, though. There's some real good ones of people that run good podcasts. That's very true. All right, we'll see you next week. Uh, Goodman and Hummel Pod. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for Rob coming back. And uh, hit the weights, Rob. Hit the weights. <laughs> nice. Nice ending.